we'll do chapter 21 instructions by maharaj prithu this is shrimad bhagavatam the great sage maitriya told vidura when the king entered his city it was very beautifully decorated to receive him with pearls flowers garlands beautiful cloth and golden gates and the entire city was perfumed with highly fragrant incense fragrant water distilled from sandalwood and agaru herbs was sprinkled everywhere in the lanes roads and small parks throughout the city and everywhere were decorations of unbroken fruit flowers wetted grains varied minerals and lamps all presented as auspicious paraphernalia at the street crossing there was a bunches of fruits and flowers as well as pillars of banana tree and betel nut branches all these combined decorations everywhere looked very attractive as the king entered the gates of the city all the citizens received him with so many auspicious articles like lamps flowers and yogurt the king was also received by many beautiful unmarried girls whose bodies were bedecked with various ornaments especially with earrings which collided with one another when the king entered the palace conch shells and kettle drums were sounded priests chanted vedic mantras and professional reciters offered different prayers but in spite of all the ceremonies to welcome him the king was not the least bit affected both the important citizens and the common citizens welcomed the king very heartily and he also bestowed upon them their desired blessings king prithu was greater than the greatest soul and was therefore worshipable by everyone he performed many glorious activities in ruling over the surface of the world and was always magnanimous after achieving such great success and a reputation which spread throughout the universe he at last obtained the lotus feet of the supreme personality of godhead sutta goswami continued oshanaka leader of the great sages after hearing maitriya speak about the various activities of king prithu the original king who was fully qualified glorified and widely praised all over the world vidura the great devotee very submissively worshiped maitreya rishi and asked him the following questions so far we have just uh, had a uh, idea about what has happened after prithu maharaj he has performed the yagya is come back to his kingdom so he is being welcomed in the kingdom so now there is going to be something which is called the maharaj is going to give a certain number of teachings so that is the teachings we are we are going to actually look into vidura said my dear brahmana maitreya is very enlightening to understand that king prithu was enthroned by the great sages and the brahmanas all the demigods presented him with innumerable gifts and he also expanded the influence upon personally receiving strength from lord vishnu thus he greatly developed the earth prithu maharaj was so great in his activities and magnanimous in his methods of ruling that all the kings and the demigods on the various planets still followed in his footsteps who is there who will not try to hear about the glorified activities i wish to hear more and more about prithu maharaj because his activities are so pious and auspicious the great saintly sage maitreya told vidura my dear vidura king prithu lived in the track of land between the two great rivers ganga and yamuna and because he was very opulent it appeared that he was enjoying the distant fortune in order to diminish the results of his past pious activities maharaj prithu was an unrivaled king and possessed the scepter 
for ruling all the seven islands on the surface of the globe. No one could disobey his irrevocable order but the saintly person, the Brahmanas and the descent of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Vaishnavas. Descendants. Once upon a time, King Prithu initiated the performance of a very great sacrifice in which great saintly sages, brahmanas, demigods from higher planetary systems and the great saintly kings known as Rajarishis all assembled together. In that great assembly, Maharaj Prithu first of all worshipped all the respectable visitors according to their respective positions. After this, he stood up in the midst of the assembly and it appeared that the full moon had risen amongst the stars. King Prithu's body was tall and sturdy and his complexion was fair. His arms were full and broad and his eyes as bright as the rising sun. His nose was straight, his face very beautiful and his personality grave. His teeth were set beautifully in the smiling face. The chest of Maharaj Prithu was very broad, his waist was very thick and his abdomen wrinkled with lines of skin. Resembled in the construction of a leaf of a banana tree, his navel was coiled and deep, his thighs were golden hue and his instep was arched. The black slick hair on his head was very fine and curly and his neck like a conch shell was decorated with auspicious lines. He wore a very valuable dhoti and there was a nice wrapper on the upper part of his body. As Maharaj Prithu was being initiated to perform the sacrifice, he had to leave aside the valuable dress and therefore his natural bodily beauty was visible. It was very pleasing to see him put on a black deer skin and wear a a ring of kusa grass on his finger, for this increased the natural beauty of his body. It appears that Maharaj Prithu observed all the regulative principles before he performed the sacrifice. Just to encourage the members of the assembly and to enhance their pleasure, King Prithu glanced over them with eyes that seemed like stars in the sky wet with dew. He then spoke to them in a great voice. Maharaj Prithu's speech was very beautiful, full of metaphorical language, clearly understandable and very pleasing to hear. His words were all grave and certain. It appears that when he spoke, he expressed his personal realization of the absolute truth in order to benefit all those who were present. King Prithu said, O gentle members of the assembly, May all good fortune be upon you. May all of you, great souls who have come to attend this meeting, kindly hear my prayer attentively. A person who is actually inquisitive must present his decision before an assembly of noble souls. King Prithu continued, By the grace of the Supreme Lord, I have been appointed the king of this planet, and I carry the sceptre to rule the citizens. Protect them from all dangers and give them employment according to their respective positions in the social order established by the Vedic injunctions. Maharaj Prithu said, I think that upon the execution of the duties as king I shall be able to achieve the desirable objective described by the experts in the Vedic knowledge. The destination is certainly achieved by the pleasure of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is the seer of all destiny. Any king who does not teach his citizens about their respective duties in terms of varna and ashrama but who simply exacts toll and taxes from them is liable to suffer from the impious activities which have been performed by the citizens. In addition to such degradation, the king also loses his own fortune. 
King Prithu continued, Therefore, my dear citizens, for the welfare of your king after his death, you should execute your duties properly in terms of your positions of Varna and Ashrama and should always think of the Supreme Personality of Godhead within your hearts and by doing so, you will protect your own interests and you will bestow mercy upon the king for his welfare after death. I request all the pure-hearted demigods, forefathers and saintly persons to support my proposal, for after death the result of an action is equally shared by his doer, his director and his supporters. My dear respectable ladies and gentlemen, according to the authoritative statements of Shastras, there must be a supreme authority who is able to award the respective benefits of our present activities. Otherwise, why should there be a person who are unusually beautiful and powerful both in this life and the life after death? This is confirmed not only by the evidence of the Vedas but also by the personal behavior of the great personalities like Manu, Uttalpada, Dhruva, Priyavarta, Vrata and my father Ranga as well as many other great personalities and ordinary living entities, exemplified by Maharaj Prahlad and Bali, all of whom are theist, believing in the existence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who carries a club. Although abominable persons like my father, Vena, the grandson of death personified, are bewildered on the path of religion, all the great personalities like those mentioned agree that in this world the only bestower of benediction of religion, economic development, sense gratification, liberation or elevation to the heavenly planet is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. By the inclination to serve the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, suffering humanity can immediately cleanse the dirt which has accumulated in their minds during innumerable births. Like the Ganga water which emanates from the toes of the lotus feet of the Lord, such a process immediately cleanses the mind and thus spiritual or Krishna consciousness gradually increases. When a devotee takes shelter at the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is completely cleansed of all the misunderstandings or mental speculations and he manifests renunciation. This is possible only when one is strengthened by practicing bhakti yoga. Once having taken shelter at the root of the lotus feet of the Lord, a devotee never comes back to the material existence which is full of threefold miseries. Prithu Maharaj advises citizens engaging your mind, your words, your bodies and the result of your occupational duties and being always open-minded, you should all render devotional service to the Lord according to your abilities and the occupations in which you are situated. You should engage your service at the lotus feet of Supreme Personality of Godhead with full confidence and without reservation. Then you will surely be successful in achieving the final objective in your life. Lives. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is transcendental and not contaminated by this material nature world. And although he is concentrated spiritual spirit soul without material variety, for the benefit of the conditioned soul, he nevertheless accepts with different types of sacrifices performed with various material elements, rituals and mantras and offered to the demigods under different names according to the interest and the purpose of the performers. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is all-pervading, but he is also manifested in different types of bodies which arises from a combination of the material nature, time, 
desires and occupational duties. Thus different types of consciousness develop just as fire, which is always basically the same, blazes in different ways according to the shape and dimensions of firewood. I know, uh, till 35 we have gone pretty fast. But here it is just an idea which we have been dwelling on last so many uh, you know, months. King Prithu has taken charge of his kingdom. He has come back from the sacrifices. And now he is given like any other person who takes charge of the kingdom. For that matter, even if tomorrow the Prime Minister takes over, he will have to address the nation. So in the same way, King Prithu, he is also addressing everybody in this kingdom. He has been given the charge of his entire, you know, all the seven islands that are there. At, uh, what it means is Navadvipa, basically the, the different kinds of island structures that are there, seven in number and two at the poles. So we have total seven plus two. So that is the reason why the name is given like that. So what happens is he has taken charge and he is giving a speech to his subjects. He is telling them how to live in this world in harmony, in goodness, so that everybody is benefited. And after that, whatever the things that are to happen, whoever takes charge after death also, that person should be very, very magnanimous. He should handle the kingdom properly. Because if somebody does the job properly, then what happens is the Lord is pleased with his service to the mankind and offers him if you remember, we have he was mentioned that once you do the service without collecting additional taxes and so on and so forth, doing your job, that is doing your duties. What are the duties? To maintain dharma on this earth. Basically, that is the duty of the king. And to ensure that justice is there in this world. So when he does, performs those duties, the whole world will be happy. There will be peace and quiet and growth. Everything that is good enough will happen. And he, that is the king, will attain moksha as well because he has performed his duties perfectly. The latter half of this says to worship the feet of the Lord. Now in this you will find that it is mentioned that the feet of the Lord has the river Ganga flowing from it. The one of the mentions was there. So you will wonder what is this all about. See, the, the rivers Gangas is also the main arterial artery as we call it which flows from the heart. So, from the feet of the Lord as we say. So, there are two. One that goes up and one that comes down. Alright. So, these rivers are also mentioned. Again, there is a central location where they meet. So on and so forth. There are so many things which are mentioned. A uh, few days ago we were discussing about the nervous system. The similar type of a system exists in our body. There again we will find that the various on flow of traffic is there, you know, upward and the downward flow. And it is mentioned in most of the Puranas, this is how the whole system works, looks like. Right in our entire body we also have the demigods, different kinds of demigods. Now what happens is, Suppose we are interested in a particular fruit from a particular deity. Actually the whole thing is finally going to the Krishna's feet only. But if we require something and we pray to him 
and offer this particular offering to the deity it reaches him as well at the end it reaches him so this is a very simple explanation of what was mentioned so far let us see what else is mentioned over here the supreme personality of godhead is the master and the enjoyer of the result of all sacrifices and he is the supreme spiritual master as well all of you citizens on the surface of the globe who have a relationship with me and are worshiping him by dint of your occupational duties are bestowing your mercy upon me therefore oh my citizens i thank you so what the king is saying to his citizens is he says that all of you that are there in this kingdom are supposed to perform their spiritual duties their duties which are called their occupational duties whatever the duty that is there for them so this is also called swadharma when a person does the swadharma he also gets the benefit the king also gets the benefit and he will have mercy of the divine lord the brahmanas and the vaishnavas are personally glorified by their characteristic power of tolerance penance knowledge and education and by dint of their spiritual assets vaishnavas are more powerful than royalty it is therefore advised that the princely order not exhibit its material prowess before these two communities and should avoid offending them these are certain other duties which are for other kind of other categories over there the supreme personality of godhead the ancient eternal godhead who is the foremost amongst all personalities obtained the opulence of his staunch reputation which purifies the entire universe by worshiping the lotus feet of these brahmanas and the vaishnavas so if you recollect this is what happens so whom does krishna pray to krishna prays to his devotees who are called brahmanas that is the sages and the vaishnavas that is the gopis basically all the gopis they come from vishnupada so that is the reason why they come from that particular domain and that is why they are called vaishnavas as well vaishnavas doesn't mean somebody who wears that uh, you know forehead mark and goes around in the business saying that i am a vaishnava i'm sorry they are not even vaishnavas they take money for everything this is nothing to do with yeah they are spiritually awakened people they are the gopis they are those people who have reached the highest stage of devotion to the lord those people are called vaishnavas and not some person whom who keeps on saying that i am a vaishnava i am a vaishnava so the supreme personality of godhead who is everlastingly independent and who exists in everybody's heart is very pleased with those who follow in the footsteps and engage without reservation in the service of the descendants of the brahmanas and the vaishnavas for he is always dear to brahmanas and vaishnavas and they are always dear to him by regular service of the brahmanas and the vaishnavas one can clearly clear the dirt from their heart and thus enjoy supreme peace and liberation from material attachments and be satisfied in this world there is no fruitive activity superior to serving the brahmana class for this can bring pleasure to the demigods for whom the many sacrifices are recommended although the supreme personality of god at ananta eats through the fire sacrifice offered in the name of the different demigods he does not take as much pleasure in eating through fire as he does not accepting offerings through the mouth of the learned sages and the devotees for then he does not leave the association of the devotees in brahmanical culture a brahmana's transcendental position is eternally maintained because the injunctions of the vedas are accepted with faith austerity scriptural conclusions 
full senses and mind control and meditation in this way the real goal of life is illuminated just as one's face is fully reflected in the clear mirror so what are the things that are mentioned over here the most important things are first is the faith the faith has to be the highest yesterday also i said to you all you know if the faith is not there we have a very big problem the faith the faith is can be destroyed by just one small dot of doubt also one little doubt and the faith is destroyed so that is the reason why first it always starts with faith if you want to have devotion for the lord first start with faith second austerity you need to be clean and pure in everything that you do then it is scriptural conclusions scriptures the way they mention certain rules and regulations the laws and whatever that is mentioned in scriptures full sense and mind control senses always have to be controlled you see our senses keep on going here there here there everywhere 24 bar 7 we should never have our senses going out hither and thither so that has to be controlled mind has to be under control mind is constantly jumping like a monkey from one branch to another it never is steady even when suppose something is happening like say for example i am talking something and you are thinking of something else though you are looking in the in the camera over there still if you are dwelling on something you will find your eyes are furtive they keep on going here and there and you keep on you know wandering that kind of thing which is not mind control your mind is going here and there mind has to be under control absolutely over there and meditation meditation is nothing but oneness with the lord it's also a form of a yoga meditating on the lord all right all these basically things which appear finally it illumines the face of that particular bhakt or respectable personality is present here i beg the blessings of all of you that i may perpetually carry on my crown and the dust of the lotus feet of such brahmanas and the vaishnavas until the end of life he who can carry such dust on his head is very soon relieved of all the reactions which arise from the sinful life and eventually he develops all good and desirable qualities whoever acquires the brahmanical qualifications those only wealth is a good behave whose only wealth is good behavior who is grateful and who takes shelter in the experienced persons get the opulence of the world i therefore wish that the supreme personality of godhead and his associate be pleased with the brahmana class with the cows and with me who are the brahmanas the brahmanas are the knowers of brahma they are the highly intellectual people they have reached the state of brahma the state of having the highest knowledge so how are they those who are grateful they have very good behavior their behavior is excellent okay who is grateful and who takes shelter of experienced persons experienced who are experienced the sages are experienced people all the brahmanas are devotees of the lord remember this and then in the devotee there is a highest devotee the highest devotee is called the sage so they are always at the feet of the sage and get all the opulence in the world opulence does not mean money and all that we always translate opulence as wealth and all those kinds of things i'm sorry opulence means spiritual fervor spiritual richness see those who are the sages they may be wearing torn clothes they may be going around barefoot they may have a, a very uh, you know a horrible uh, you know get up yet still that is not an opulence we are not talking about that kind of a thing 
we are talking about spiritual perfection that is there that is the spiritual opulence so those are called the highest of the brahmana class the great sage maitreya after hearing king prithu speak so nicely all the demigods the denizens of the pitruloka the brahmanas and the saintly persons presented the meeting congratulated him by expressing their goodwill they all declared that the vedic conclusion that one can conquer the heavenly planets by the actions of the putra or son was fulfilled for the most sinful vena who had been killed by the curse of the brahmanas is now delivered from the darkest regions of hellish life by his son maharaj prithu if you recollect everybody those i mean those who die their sons are supposed to perform the pindadan isn't it in the pindadan we are basically performing religious rites by means of which your forefathers are getting cleansed okay but if you are the highest of the sages you have performed your activities very well the brahmanas that is the sages who are there and also these devotees of the lord they will bless you in such a way that even the father who is a sin sinful person will get liberation even that person gets liberation simply hiranyakashipu who by the dint of the sinful activities always defied the supremacy of the supreme personality of god and entered into the darkest regions of hellish life but by the grace of his great son prahlad maharaj he also was delivered and went back home back to godhead all the saintly brahmanas thus address prithu maharaj o best of the warriors o father of this globe you may be blessed with the long life for you have great devotion to the infallible supreme personality of godhead who is the master of the universe the audience continue dear king prithu your reputation is the purest of all if for you are preaching the glories of the most glorified of all the supreme personality of godhead the lord of the brahmanas since due to our great fortune we have you as our master we think that we are living directly under the agency of the lord our dear lord it is your occupational duty to rule over your citizens this is not a wonderful this is a not a very wonderful task for a personality like you who are so affectionate in seeing to the interest of the citizen because you are full of mercy that is the greatness of your character why are they saying like this it is because he has to rule over the kingdom sometimes there are certain decisions which a king has to take which may seem like a very very wrong decision for the citizens you may think you know that he is taxing you more something has happened like say for example there is a drought in the region at that point in time the king taxes them slightly more or he takes a slightly more cut from their grains which they offer now all these kind of things that are there may seem like a wrong kind of activity but that is a decision which the king has to take those are extremely tough decisions so every person who rules a country or there is a king over there they have to take difficult decisions so the brahmanas are telling him that yeah sometimes we feel that we are very sad to see you taking this kind of decisions the citizens continued today you have opened our eyes and revealed how to cross to the other side of the ocean of darkness and by our past deeds and by the arrangements of the superior authority we are entangled in the network of fruitive activity and have lost sight of the destination of life thus we have been wandering within this universe dear lord you are situated in the pure existential position of goodness therefore you are the perfect representative of the supreme lord you are glorified by your own prowess and thus you are maintaining the entire world by introducing brahmanical culture and protecting everyone in your line of duty as a kshatriya this ends the chapter 4 canto 21st chapter of the shrimad bhagavatam instructions by maharaj prithu 
But we have just finished the chapter in which Maharaj Prithu has given the instructions to all his devotees, to all this entire kingdom, what they are supposed to do, how they are supposed to do, so on and so forth. Now, this particular chapter spoke very highly about how the king, after performing all the sacrifices and doing his duties, was able to overcome all the difficulties and when he concluded his actions at that time after death also the kingdom was passed on to a proper person now it so happens that during his reign he was able to release his forefathers as well because he has himself become the supreme personality of godhead in terms what it means is he has reached the state you know the state of a sainthood or reached the special domain which we call as moksha all right so i think we have sufficient time so can we start the next chapter okay fine so we are doing chapter 22 with maharaj's meeting with the four kumaras now this is quite a lengthy chapter so we will try to cut it into uh, as much you know as we can possible we'll try to see how much we can do the great sage maitreya said while the great while the citizens were thus praying to the most powerful king prithu the four kumaras who were as bright as the sun arrived on the spot i remember these are the four kumaras the son of brahma ji who were the first creation for brahma ji okay these are also a part of the vedic lore they are also the type of knowledge base which is existing in this material world seeing the glowing effulgence of the four kumaras the master of all mystic power the king and his associates could recognize them as they descended from the sky seeing the four kumaras prithu maharaj was greatly anxious to receive them therefore the king with all his officers very hastily got up as anxious as a conditioned soul whose senses are immediately attracted by the modes of material nature that means by seeing these kumaras coming to him he was very very enamored by their presence and he got up immediately to welcome them when the great sages accepted the reception according to the instructions of the shastras and finally took their seats offered by the king the king influenced by the glories of the sages immediately bowed down the sea worship the four kumaras after this the king took the water which had washed the lotus feet of the kumaras and sprinkled it over his hair by such respectful actions the king as an exemplary personality showed how to receive a spiritually advanced personality the four great sages were elder to lord shiva and when they were seated on the golden throne they appeared just like the fire blazing on an altar maharaj prithu out of his great gentleness and respect for them began to speak with great restraint as follows so now he is going to welcome them king prithu spoke my dear great sages auspiciousness personified it is very difficult for even the mystic yogis to see you indeed you are very rarely seen i do not know the what kind of pious activity i have performed for you to grace me by appearing before me without difficulty any person upon whom the brahmanas and the vaishnavas are pleased can achieve anything which is very rare to obtain in the world as well as after that not only that but one also receives the favor of auspicious shiva and lord vishnu who accompany the brahmanas and vaishnavas prithu maharaj continued although you are traveling in all the planetary systems people know cannot know you just as they cannot know the super soul although he is within everyone's heart as a witness of everything even lord brahma and lord shiva cannot understand the super soul this is a very beautiful way in which he describes 
that even Brahmaji or Shiva has absolutely no clue about the Supreme Divine Consciousness. And now he says about the Kumaras, the Kumaras are also travelling from one place to the other without anybody knowing about them. They go literally, they are basically travellers in every domain in our world and yet nobody can understand them. That means what? It so happens that when these Kumaras are travelling, this is the Vedic knowledge like I told you. The Vedic knowledge gives us an understanding about the Shastras, the ancient way of looking at this life. See, remember, we all have tendencies. We all have tendencies. We have gathered tendencies from all our past lives. Now what happens is, as per our tendency, we behave that way. So it so happens that sometimes we have a particular tendency, we do not even know that what we are doing. Let us say for example, when somebody comes, we are supposed to get up and we are supposed to welcome that person. But due to our tendency of just lazing around, we can just sit around and not even welcome that person. Now the Vedic knowledge which is there in us tells us to respect the elders. It so happens that the knowledge itself triggers the reaction in you and you get up on your own just because it is important at that point in time. But as a tendency you are not at all interested in getting up. But this knowledge triggers in a person without his own understanding why he has got up. So this is just a small example which I gave you to make you understand that this kind of Vedic knowledge is existing. It's, it's, it's overriding the tendencies, overrides them. It overrides them and it takes charge and we are able to do the needful. A person who is not very rich and is attracted to family life becomes highly glorified. When saintly persons are present in their home, the master and servants who are engaged in offering the exalted visitor water, a sitting place and a paraphernalia for reception are glorified and the home itself is also glorified. Now it so happens that most of these sages, when they visit a simple human folks, though the human beings that they are visiting might be very very rich, they, these rich people may not understand who they are. But yet, when they perform the sacrifices that are needed at that particular point in time, that means welcoming these people and that time they can get the favours also. On the contrary, even though full of opulence and material prosperity, any householder's house where the devotees of the Lord are never allowed to come in and where there is no water for washing their feet is to be considered a tree in which all venomous serpents live. So it so happens that if the divine beings come to your house, the Shastras have mentioned that you are supposed to welcome them by washing their feet and you know welcoming them, giving them a seat. First and foremost, you should not be seating over there, you should not be sitting there. You should first welcome them, give them the water, so on and so forth. It's our custom. We have this custom within our society. Abroad they may not have, but here we definitely have. So we offer them. If the person with arrogance doesn't offer them, doesn't even welcome them, considers them as some person who has just entered our house and just treats them like any other person, that is it's literally like they are to be considered as a tree in which venomous serpents live. So welcoming is very very important. 
Maharaj Prithu offered his welcome to the four Kumaras and addressing, and addressing them as the best of the Brahmanas, he welcomed them saying, From the beginning of your birth, you strictly observed the vow of celibacy. And although you are experienced in the path of liberation, you are keeping yourself just like small children. So, the knowledge by itself, these four children of Brahmaji are always appearing like children. Now, you will say, the why, does, why do they have to appear like children? Because the knowledge is basically, even today, if you visit some of the sages, you will, they will appear to you like small children. They don't appear grown up. That is because as the person grows up, too many wrong things happen in their world because we get entangled in the householder's life. The youngsters from the age of 8 to 13, this basically this is the age when the infancy, the child is not knowing much. But after age to 13, this is the age which is very very auspicious. You will find that even the thread ceremony of the children are performed during that time. You know, so Prithu Maharaj inquired from the sages about persons entangled in the dangerous material existence because of their previous action. Could such a person, whose only aim is self-gratification, be blessed with any good fortune? So Prithu Maharaj has seated them and asked this. Prithu Maharaj continued, my dear sirs, there is no need to ask about your good and bad fortune because you are always absorbed in spiritual bliss. The mental concoction of the auspicious and the inauspicious does not exist in you. These are, this is a very beautiful line where he says, the auspicious and the inauspicious. What is the auspicious? That which is holy. Inauspicious, that is which is unholy. Now these people are beyond this. They are beyond the modes of nature. So naturally, see, for a human being, there are certain things which are auspicious in nature, isn't it? Like say for example, you will find that water which is touched by another human being, you will not drink it. But for them, it is there is no such thing. It really does not matter to them because they are far beyond these material modes of nature. And that is the reason why they can do literally anything. But we will not do that. We will always observe the do's and the don'ts in this material world, isn't it? So they don't have to do that. I am completely assured that personalities like you are the only friends for persons who are blazing in the fire of material existence. I therefore ask you how in this material world can we very soon achieve the ultimate goal of life. So the questions that have been asked to the four Kumaras is how do you attain the state of self-realization or liberation in this material world. The Supreme Personality of God it is always anxious to elevate the living entities who are his part and parcel. And for their special benefits, the Lord travels all over the world in the form of self-realized person like you. So, Maharaj Prithu is telling them, Ki, as if Krishna has come to through your four bodies over here. So, he has recognized them like that. The great sage Maitreya continued, The Sanat Kumar, the best of the celibates, after hearing the speech of Prithu Maharaj, which was meaningful, appropriate, full of precise words and very sweet to hear, smiled with full satisfaction and began to speak as follows. Sanat Kumar said, My dear King Prithu, I am very nicely questioned by you. Such questions are beneficial for all living entities, especially because they are raised by you, who are always thinking of the good of others. Although you know everything, you ask such questions because there is a behavior of saintly persons. 
such intelligence is befitting your position when there is a congregation of devotees the discussions questions and answers becomes conclusive to both the speaker and the audience the such a meaning meeting is beneficial for everyone's real happiness during the times of buddha you will find that the questions were asked by most of the arhats who were sitting over there okay then buddha allowed the bodhisattvas who were standing in front who were sitting in front of him to answer the questions and while they were answering each of them came up with a specific meaningful answer from their particular point of view then another person answered the same question finally when this whole thing was happening buddha himself gave him gave that particular explanation in a very very simplistic manner to the devotees who are there now all these are hearts all these uh, bodhisattvas who are sitting they are great people plus there were common folks also among the group and every day this conference was held for 40 years 40 years now it is very very important for human beings to ask questions because questions when you ask you will be gaining knowledge in the presence of the sages it so happens that the knowledge is gained when we ask certain questions because our mind is not attuned to listening to you know we doesn't want to go out of the way to try to understand the subject deeply so the questions are very very necessary sanat kumar continued my dear king you already have an inclination to glorify the lotus feet of supreme personality of godhead such attachment is very difficult to achieve but when one has attained such unflinching faith in the lord it automatically cleanses lusty desires from the core of the heart so already you are clean why because you have surrendered to the feet of krishna so that is one way of getting the whole thing cleared out and you have a lot of faith the faith has been developed like i we started with the faith isn't it so it's only when you have faith can you have the rest of the things coming to you so already he is cleansed it has been conclusively decided in the scriptures after due consideration that the ultimate goal of the welfare of the human society is detachment from bodily concepts of life and increase and the steadfast attachment to the supreme lord who is transcendental beyond the modes of material nature attachment to the supreme can be increased by practicing devotional service inquiring about the supreme personality of godhead applying bhakti yoga in life worshiping the yogeshwara the supreme personality of godhead and by hearing and chanting the glories of krishna the these actions are pious in themselves so what are the things that a devotee is supposed to do first you should practice devotional service all right all the things that we mentioned right from cleaning the feet so on and so forth offering water blah 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 everything that was mentioned all those have to be done also following a path which is very very austere inquiry always keep the inquiry on it's important to ask questions isn't it so inquiring about the lord can you please tell me this why was krishna like this why did this happen why was that 
you see those keep on when you keep on asking the questions what happens different different aspects about the lord opens up in one of the lines previously it was mentioned something was mentioned in that verse it meant it, it was mentioned that one of the aspects of the lord takes the fire sacrifice okay he eats the fire sacrifice was it mentioned that is adishesh on whose head the entire universe is he eats the fire sacrifice now you will wonder what is adishesh who is the one who eats the fire sacrifice why is it so important to know but if you want to know about the divine lord you need to have an understanding of why is it always like this what is the meaning of this you will find that he is sleeping on the ocean of milk on which the divine lord is resting on his body is curled up the hood is like this and he is sleeping over there why does he eat this the sacrifice which is called the fire sacrifice isn't it the fire which keeps the whole universe burning this body if it is not heated up it will become cold and if you see his persona is cold is a cold blooded creature isn't it a snake is always a cold blooded creature whereas we are warm blooded animals okay now how do you keep it running this entire system that is running in our heart the full system right behind like this it's a system of arteries and veins and everything isn't that what keeps the whole body in a motion in a fluidic motion it heats up the entire body isn't it so it is keeping the whole body in fluid motion if we are not warm blooded what is going to happen we will become like the snake we will die so he eats the sacrifices the heat element that is produced in our body is being eaten by the blood which is supplied to the entire system so see the reasons are many first and foremost we should have the inclination to ask the questions if you don't ask the question there are no answers which are going to be forthcoming to to increase the knowledge sometimes you need to ask at least isn't it so inquiring about the supreme personality of godhead applying bhakti yoga in life applying bhakti yoga in life we need to become bhakt of the lord see this is one of the greatest bhagavatam this book which we are doing shrimad bhagavatam it's about krishna and his bhakti for the lord uh, bhakti that is human beings bhakti for the lord we are trying to hear his stories that will increase the devotional service so that is the reason why worshiping this yogeshwara yogeshwara that god who is always in the yoga nidra is always lost in himself okay and by hearing and chanting the glories of krishna hearing and chanting now we are hearing the stories of krishna chanting we can keep on taking his name constantly these are the pious actions so this the okay so the son of brahma ji is explaining this way one who has to make progress in spiritual life 
by not associating with person were simply interested in sense gratification and making money not only such person but one who associates with such person should be avoided one should mold his life in such a way that he cannot live in peace without drinking the nectar of the glorification of the supreme personality of god at hari one can thus be elevated by being disgusted with a taste for sense enjoyment what happens is when we go in the company of all the material worldly people what happens to us we also become material worldly it's like one bad mango and another good mango is kept the good mango turns bad in the same way when we go in the company of bad people who are material worldly people who are running after constantly they are running after money 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 constantly such type of people we also turn to become like that that is the reason why the devotees of the lord have to keep away from such kind of people that is material minded people we have to send stay away from them again we should stay away from the friends of these kind of people also that means they have their chamchas and agents isn't it you have to stay away from these people as well so both these people we need to stay away from a candidate for spiritual advancement must be non violent must follow the footsteps of the great acharyas must always remember the nectar of the pastimes of krishna must follow the regulative principle without material desires while following the regulative principles should not blaspheme others a devotee should lead a simple life and not be disturbed by the duality of opposing elements he should learn to tolerate them these are certain qualities which the great sage is telling prithu maharaj what he says to have spiritual advancement when we want to grow in our world spiritually advance we need to become non violent never take up violence for the people just are violent for the sake of being violent don't be violent violent doesn't mean beating somebody up see we always consider violence means what taking some stick and beating somebody or doing some violent activity there no we are not even talking about that we are talking even to our own self stop becoming violent to your own self you know what you do when you keep on berating yourself berating you know how you keep on saying mere se nahi ho sakta main nahi kar sakta hu i am the worst creature on earth i am the i am the poorest one on earth mere se kabhi nahi hoga we keep on berating ourselves this is also a kind of a violent nature we need to avoid this kind of a nature must follow the footsteps of the great acharyas the teachers are there the teachers give very beautiful teachings we have to follow them we must always remember the past times of krishna and means krishna stories we should always remember must follow the regulative principles what are the regulative principles that are there in this universe we should follow the tracks which are which are basically legal in nature illegal things we should never do okay without material desire see what happens is if we try to do something out of the way for material desire it will spoil the whole show that is why remove the material desires from there should not blaspheme others do not talk ill about other people you should always talk good about other people if there is somebody who is a destructive element you don't need to discuss about that person can you keep quiet about that person it is not important for us to know about him or her the devotees should lead a very simple life lead a very very simplistic monastic type of a life you can be wherever you are you may be in the biggest of the cities you may be staying in new york or mumbai or any of the big cities in the world there is no need to be having opulent you know having very fancy flats and big cars and mercedeses and f1s and all those things there is no need for all those kind of things can you not be simple live a very simple life 
and not be disturbed by the duality of opposing elements. Means what? Every now and then we keep on settling from right and left and right and left. That is likes and dislikes. You should be having... Okay, sorry. Equanimity. The devotee should gra- gradually increase the culture of devotional service by constant hearing of the transcendental qualities of Krishna. These pastimes are like ornamental decorations on the ear of devotees by rendering devotional service and transcending the materialistic qualities. One can be easily fixed in transcendence in the Supreme Personality of God. When we keep on hearing or chanting, singing the name of the Lord, at that time you will reach this kind of a state. Upon becoming fixed in the attachment of the Supreme Personality of Godhead by the grace of the spiritual master and by awakening knowledge and detachment, the living entity situated within the heart of the body and covered by the five elements burns up his material surroundings exactly as fire arising from the wood burns the wood itself. So what is he saying? He is saying when you are completely devoted to the divine Krishna and by the grace of the spiritual master, you have your guru by his grace you will be able to reach that particular awakening of the knowledge. The knowledge gets awakened. It gets, Enlightenment happens. The knowledge is becoming effulgent. That means the knowledge is within you. It just becomes effulgent and you are filled with detachment. There is no attachment to anybody or anything in this world. You will not have any attachments of any kind. The living entity situated. So what happens to this person? This person, because the knowledge is Swayambhu, it starts becoming self-effulgent. The moment it becomes self-effulgent, then you are going to reach inwards towards the Divine Lord who stays within you. When a person becomes devoid of all the material desires and liberated from all material qualities, he transcends distinction between actions executed externally and internally. At that time, the difference between the soul and the super-soul which is existing before self-realization is annihilated. When a dream is over, there is no longer a distinction between the dream and the dreamer. See, every now and then we have been talking about the soul and the super-soul. Atma and Paramatma, isn't it? It is before realization, you will always think that there is an Atma existing. That means there is an individual soul. But once you reach the state of realization, then there is no individual soul existing for that person. There is only one divine soul which is called Paramatma. So you will see, at that time the difference between the soul and the super soul which was existing before self-realization is annihilated. That means this knowledge comes to you that there is no such thing as Jivatma. There is an individual soul. There is no such thing. It's only this realization will come to you much later when a person understands that there is no individual Atma in this world. There is only Paramatma, only one. This happens as if the oneness, you know, the distinction between the dream and the dreamer. When the soul exists for sense gratification, he creates different desires and for this reason he becomes subjected to designations. But when one of the transcendental position is no longer interested in anything except fulfilling the desires of the Lord. When a person is existing in the material world, anybody who is existing in the material world, till such time as he is existing in the material world, he is interested in job, promotions, this, 
that rising in the society i want to have houses i want to have car i want to do this i want to do that i want to achieve so much amount of money i want to have bank balances all these things are there you want designations you want i want to become a manager a general manager a vice president a ceo and god knows a prime minister or whoever you might want to be all these things are there but once you reach this transcendental position you know that only krishna is the only thing that you are bothered about nothing else really matters we will end at 30 so we will do 29 30 okay only because of a different cause does a person see a difference between himself and others just as one sees the reflection of a body appearing differently manifested on water or oil or in mirror when one's mind and senses are attracted to sense objects for enjoyment the mind becomes agitated as a result of continuously thinking of sense objects one's real consciousness almost becomes lost like a water in a lake that is gradually sucked up from the great uh, big grass stalks on the bank so what is he saying once we get entangled in the material world everything around us it keeps on attracting us and saying you come to me and once these sense objects keep on calling us or people around us who are so much worldly we get lost in the material world so sense gratification for such type of a person becomes very very important then what happens to this person he loses the complete nature of his which is devotion to the lord is completely lost by this person so what we will do is we will end this thing today over here we have ended at chap- chapter 22 verse 30 okay tomorrow we will take up from here all right so if you have any questions you can ask me